Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. team and tech team and all those that use their gifts for the kingdom. Man, I'm excited to share this word with you. Uh, Let me just say once again, really, really honored uh, that you would be here on Christmas Eve. Last year was our first ever, I've been the pastor 15 years, Uh, it was the first time we ever even attempted a Christmas Eve service and you guys packed it out last year uh, in a COVID year and uh, you packed it out again today. So give yourselves a big hand for making Jesus a priority. Man, such a big deal. Uh, Super honored that you're here. And this week, um, actually it probably began a couple weeks ago, as I was praying about what God would have me share in the short amount of time that I have with you today, um, I really felt impressed by the Holy Spirit to speak to people who find themselves stuck. Anybody ever felt stuck before? That's, that's, that's where the Holy Spirit really ministered to me, uh, stuck in a dark place, stuck in disappointment, stuck in unforgiveness, Sometimes we get stuck in excuses, um, stuck in a life that is surviving, but not a life that's thriving. And with all that being, being said, I want to speak to you about stepping out of stuck, stepping out of stuck. And I believe, I, I truly believe that I'm going to be speaking to you today individually and corporately a prophetic word. How many are ready to receive a prophetic word from God? Amen. I I don't know about you, but I need God to speak to me as I leave 2022 and I step into 2023. I think we are stepping out of stuck. Uh, And I'm going to go to John's gospel, chapter number five. I'm going to start in verse number one. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda. Everybody say Bethesda. Some of y'all are like, why do they call that church Bethesda? Well, it's, it's from the Bible. Having five porches, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. When Jesus, or, or now a certain man was there who had a, an infirmity for 38 years. Everybody say, that's a long time, right? That's a long time to be sick. That's a long time to be stuck. And it says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, 
and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. So the question this morning is, have you ever felt stuck somewhere in your life? I know growing up in in school, sometimes we get stuck doing our homework. A math problem feels insurmountable. A a spelling word seems uh, too difficult to spell. Sometimes we get stuck in traffic, and that can be extremely frustrating. But some of us, it's not a snowstorm, it's not uh, you know, a homework, it's, it's not, uh, you got stuck in a tree somewhere, it's none of those things, but you, you've gotten stuck in a part of your life. Sometimes we get stuck in a job, in a career, we get stuck, our relationship gets stuck, our marriage gets stuck, we get stuck in our health, and it could be that we just lack passion for life. Our energy levels are low. Some of us, we've gotten bored and we lack a a sense of direction. We lack a sense of purpose. We're not sure what we are supposed to be doing in this season and it seems like we can't move forward. We are stuck. Sometimes, I don't know how it is for you, but in those seasons when I felt stuck, it feels like the harder I try, the more my wheels just spin. Anybody relate to what I'm saying this morning? You feel stuck. And this is where we find this man in John chapter five. We find someone who has gotten stuck in life, stuck in their circumstance, and stuck in their suffering. And in verse two, it says, in Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, there was a pool, which in Hebrew is called Bethesda having five porches. Now the sheep gate was exactly that. It was a gate where they would bring the sheep through on their way to the temple to sacrifice them. And it's interesting that the name in Hebrew was Bethesda, which means the house of grace, the house of mercy. It also has the connotation of a house of continual outpouring. It also had five porches, and I think that's significant because five is the biblical number of grace. And I think it's a picture of what the church is called to be, that we are called as the people of God to be a house of grace, a house of mercy, a place where people in their brokenness can come and find hope, find healing, find love, find peace, find purpose, find forgiveness, find friendship, find everything that they need. That's, that's what the house should look like. It's what it should feel like. And the Bible says that near this sheep gate, there was a pool. And this pool would have been used for washing. It would have been used for refreshment. Kind of like an ancient spa. The five porches would have provided shade from the sun. And over the years, this pool with the porches began to attract a particular group of people. It attracted the blind. It attracted the lame and the paralyzed. Sometimes we read the Bible and we we think about blind people physically and lame people, paralyzed people physically. But as I was reading this, the Holy Spirit reminded me that we are to be a house of grace and mercy and continual outpouring, 
and we're not, we don't just exist for those who are physically blind, we exist for people who are spiritually blind. That your eyes spiritually may be open. What does it mean to be blind? It means you lack vision. I believe that as we step out of 2022 into 2023, people that have had no vision are gonna get clear, come on, defined vision for what God wants you to do in this next season. And, and not only physically lame and physically paralyzed, but some people are spiritually lame and spiritually paralyzed. Their life, their spiritual life is stuck. It is going nowhere. But today, I just wanna remind some people that we are going to become a community of people that is full of grace, full of mercy, full of truth, but also we have the power to set the captive free that the blind can begin seeing, the lame can begin walking and the paralyzed can find purpose for their life. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this next season. Some ancient manuscripts actually leave out that fourth verse we read that talks about the angel coming down to stir the water. Some manuscripts leave that, that verse out. But later in verse seven, the man said to Jesus, he said, when the water is stirred up, whoever gets in gets healed. But there was always, here, here's the thing, he said there's always someone who gets into the water ahead of me. We all know that God works in very mysterious ways. But perhaps, I don't know, perhaps this story became a little embellished over time. Maybe somewhat of a legend. Maybe it happened just like the man described. The result, though, is that the desperate come longing for a miracle. But watch this, day after day, they would leave with disappointment. Day after day, they would leave without their miracle and think maybe next year, I'll be the first one to get into the pool. Technically, this was a good place. It had refreshing pools. It had porches that provided shade. But it had now become a place, watch this, that over-promised and under-delivered. This place would keep people coming back for more. And it would draw them in one more time. Day after day, this man, for 38 years, he would sit there at the house of mercy, yet on this specific day, mercy did not show up in the waters being stirred. Mercy showed up in the form of a person that we know as Jesus. This, this man's waiting to get into the water to be healed, but this day, the water of life came and found him. He was looking for a supernatural event to occur, but this day, a man who looked very, very normal, but was anything but normal, showed up in his life and saw him in that condition. Now, this, this whole Bethesda thing, this pool, everybody waiting on the waters to be stirred, this was a place that developed a culture that was developed around everyone's condition. It became a system. This man had been sick 38 years. And amid the crowd of people who are desperate but determined, the camera focuses in on one man and it tells us he's been unable to walk 
for 38 years. In other words, he had lived with this condition for a very long time. This is all the man knew. All he knew was, I'm paralyzed, I can't move, I can't seem to get my miracle. Every time the waters are stirred, somebody else gets in. I can't see or imagine my life looking any differently. And now his identity is wrapped up in his infirmity. His identity and his infirmity are wrapped up together. We don't even know his name. All we know about him is his condition and how long he'd been in that condition. Every day he gathered with those who had similar conditions that understood how he felt, that, that sympathized with him. And we all want people around us that understand us, that sympathize with us, that walk with us through difficult seasons. However, what can happen is that we spend too much time around people like that, that they actually become enablers of our condition. Now, you guys, I don't have to go very far here, but you know that misery loves company. And addicts tend to hang out with addicts. I'm gonna take it a step further. Gossipers hang out with gossipers. Complainers tend to find other complainers. We can build cultures around our condition by putting people around us that enable us and keep us in that. And and, and this culture begins to develop a system that supports people in their affliction and in their hopelessness. And sad times, the culture that they've built, the system that they've built, keeps them hopeless. That's what can happen with certain conditions in our life. We don't want to feel alone, so what do we do? We join support groups. We, we visit certain websites and sign up for this or that. We, we have Facebook communities. We watch TV shows and documentaries that support what we're going through. We gather people who are similar and we have conversations focused on our condition. We build up this culture which supports us in our, in our condition, but sadly, often the culture can end up keeping us in that place. During all that was going on, Jesus focuses in on one man who's been in a bad situation for a very long time. Again and again, Jesus would find the one. Today, I want you to know that Jesus sees you individually even while you're surrounded by people. Jesus sees you, he knows your struggle, he's seen your pain, and he understands your disappointment. Verse six says that Jesus learned that this man had been that way for a long time. Now, how did Jesus figure this out? Maybe it was common knowledge, maybe he asked somebody. We aren't told, but Jesus finds out that this man has been in a condition for 38 years. And only when he finds this out does he ask the man a completely ridiculous question. 38 years he's been laying there and Jesus has the audacity to ask him, do you want to be made well? 
Now, it seems that Jesus is a little insensitive. You know, why, why would he ask a man who's been sick that long, do you want to be well? Do you want to get well? I think Jesus knows something about the human condition that we don't often like to admit. There is something about this text that tells us that it was only when Jesus learned that the man had been in this condition a long time that then he asked, do you want, do you, do you want to get well? Sometimes people have been in a condition so long that they have become comfortable in their condition. They may say they want to change. They may even act like they want their life to be different. But sometimes when it gets right down to it, the pain of changing is greater than the pain of staying how they are. If you live with something for long enough, even though it's hurting you and those around you, it can become a part of you. And letting go of it becomes more painful than keeping it. I think for some of us, God would say, hey, I don't want to disturb you because if you want to stay the way you are, you can. But if you want a breakthrough, if you want a miracle, if you want your life to look different, I am here and willing to do it. But why, why sometimes do we not want it? Because sometimes we, we forget to understand that when Jesus brings us the miracle, it requires us to change. And sometimes we don't want to admit it. We want the miracle, but we don't want to change. We want him to do what he can do, but we don't want to change. Jesus looked at this man, and I believe Jesus saw something in the man and realized there is nothing here physically that indicates he wants to get better. He was comfortable in his condition, sitting under the porches, in the shade, by the pool, surrounded by people who supported him in his suffering. He's comfortable. He's gotten used to life looking like this. And the truth is, some of us, we have learned how to manage our affliction. We've learned how to manage our dysfunction. As long as it doesn't take over our lives too much or become too uncomfortable, we've learned to just live with it because it's simply too, too painful or would take too much work for us to remove it completely. We have reduced our life to accommodate our pain. Some people will tell me, you know, I've been in this season, pastor, of spiritual warfare. And I'll ask them, how long have you been in this season of spiritual warfare? And they'll say something like, well, this has been going on seven years. That is not a season of spiritual warfare, that's your whole life. At some point, the people of God got to rise up and know who they are in Jesus and take their rightful place in the kingdom and stop supporting and enabling dysfunction. Come on, somebody. We got to step up and become who God has called us to be. 
Some people just get stuck, and it's not even a season at this point. It's like you've been that way your whole life. This is not a season. This is your whole life. Like you're going to get to the end of your life and think, I just was always in a season of spiritual warfare. Well, when in God's name are you going to rise up and get on the other side and stop being a victim who makes excuses and start living victoriously because Jesus has conquered death, hell, and the grave. Everything he has already made available. Man, I know it's Christmas Eve, but I feel like preaching. Is it all right? I got a little more time. I got a little more time. Now watch this. The man answers Jesus. The sick man finally speaks, and he's like, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. And when the water is stirred up, someone else, they jump in front of me. They get in the water before I can get into the water. And you notice something in this text, the man doesn't immediately, I mean, Jesus just asked one question. Do you wanna get well? Well, you know, and you know how people are. You're like, do you want your miracle? Do you want your healing? Do you want your life to look different? And you ask them a point blank question and then they go into a sob story. Y'all know I'm preaching the truth right here. They talk about everything that's went wrong for the last 23 and a half years and why they are the way they are and why they are stuck. So this man begins to give Jesus one of those stories and instead of saying, yes, I would like to be well, he starts talking about no one will let me get healed. The water gets stirred up, no one will put me in, someone jumps in, I have no, no help whatsoever, it just seems like I can't get the breakthrough. I'm trying, but it's not happening. And I don't wanna be harsh today, but maybe this guy didn't get into the water in front of the other simply because the others wanted it more. I mean, if I'd been that way 38 years, you know, by about year 17, I'm just gonna camp out with my bed right on the edge. I'm gonna sleep there. And when, when, that, when I hear one bubble, I'm rolling on in there, baby. I'm, I'm like, I'm just gonna roll on in. You ain't beating me this year. But maybe he didn't want his breakthrough as much as other people did. Half-hearted attempts at getting unstuck are easily defeated. When you are not fully determined, you will be easily distracted. It's as if the guy is saying the whole system is stacked against me, I am a victim. And people with a victim mentality rarely experience victory, rarely. We can think of reasons why our life isn't how we would like to be. All of us can. We all have excuses why we are living the way we are living. And, and we know we should live differently, but they hurt me. They betrayed me. I had a bad childhood. I wasn't given the same opportunities. I've had bad luck. He cheated on me. She cheated on me. I can't move until they say they, they're sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I can't walk away because I've invested too much into this. 
Maybe if I give them one more chance. Do you see how we can begin to corner ourselves and never change because we have an excuse mentality instead of a victorious mentality? We can make excuses to stay stuck. We have so many reasons, and a lot of our reasons or excuses, a lot of them are legitimate. Things happen. People walked out. You felt rejected. It may be true, but it does not have to define your present or your future. For some of you, I said I would speak prophetically. What you got to do as 2022 ends and 2023 begins, you got to decide that you are not carrying the baggage of 2022 into a new season with you. That if you got to burn some things up, burn them up. Whatever it takes to step into the new thing that God has for you. Elijah, would you come and back me up on the, on the keyboard for just a minute? That helps everybody know he's almost done. Jesus said to this man after he heard the excuses, he says to him, He says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Notice Jesus didn't say, you are healed, your faith has made you whole. He doesn't doesn't do any of that. He says, get up, pick up your bed, start walking. I mean, that's some authority right there. That's some, we're gonna fix this today, right? Get up. In other words, it's your responsibility. Somebody hear me. It's your responsibility to get up. You can keep laying there. You can keep complaining about it. You can keep saying, people won't let me. But Jesus shows us when we've been stuck for a long time, we gotta take authority over our own season and we gotta make a decision, take on the responsibility that we are getting up. I prophesy you are getting up in the name of Jesus. You're not laying there any longer. You are going to get up. It's your responsibility to start putting one foot in front. Get up, hit somebody and tell them, get up in the name of Jesus. Get up in the name of Jesus. It's your responsibility. Then he said, go ahead and stand with me. Y'all really want me to be done, I can tell. We're getting there. He said, get up. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, get up. I know know that seems harsh. Man, some of you all just gotta get up. That's a word for somebody in 2020, just get up. Just get up. How long are you gonna lay there? How long are you gonna be stuck there? Just get up. Then he said to him, he said, pick up your mat. That's the thing that represents your place of comfort. Pick up what you've been comfortable in. Pick it up. You're not gonna sit back down. I love that he said pick it up because it's showing us you're not gonna be able to lay back down there again. It's over. You're getting up, you're picking up your mat. Then he said, I want you to walk. In other words, change your position. Change your location. Sometimes you, you, gotta, you gotta walk, you gotta move forward. You gotta walk away from some people that keep you stuck when God is ready for you to spread your wings and move forward into a new season. 
And the man does what I love. He does exactly what Jesus said to do. He gets up, he makes the first move, and his obedience produces a miracle. Your breakthrough is always tied to your obedience to what God is telling you to do. What I've been praying as this season has been wrapping up, I've been praying, God, whatever it is you're doing, because as, as, as a pastor, sometimes you can get in this mood, I need vision, I need a vision. God, give me a vision. You know what my vision is now? God, whatever you're doing, tell me what that is. Because whatever you're doing, I want to do that. Because if I do what you're doing, guess what? I'll lack for nothing. I'll be whole. Breakthrough will be common. Some of us spend so much time trying to find out what we're... so Just find out what the Holy Spirit is doing and do that. Do that. Your breakthrough is always tied to your obedience. And your breakthrough begins where your excuses end. Your breakthrough begins where your excuses end. So where are you stuck today? Where have you made excuses? Where have you placed blame? Some of you, you've been stuck in a hurt, a disappointment, a frustration. You've been mistreated, whatever it may be, it it caused you to be stuck. In whatever area you've been stuck, I wanna encourage you today by the power of the Holy Spirit to step out of stuck to step out of discouragement to step out of frustration your destiny and your future are too great for you to carry anything from this season into your next season it's time to step out of stuck I want you to grab the communion there's communion under every chair we're gonna do communion first but today, we're, we're gonna do communion and we're gonna light candles. But we're gonna do it with a purpose. See, what's the purpose? The purpose is we refuse to be stuck. The purpose is we are stepping out of stuck. Jesus said regarding communion, He said, do this in remembrance of me. Now, now why would Jesus tell us that? I think he tells us that because we tend to forget what this is all about. We forget that Jesus came to the earth as a man, that he died because he loves us, and that because of his sacrifice, we are forgiven and we are part of God's family. The disciples were instructed to receive the bread, which represents the body of Christ, and to drink the wine, which represented the blood of Jesus. And these two actions represent the wonderful truth that we may have life, we may have forgiveness, and that we can be released from the power of sin by accepting Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. When we receive communion, we are remembering that Jesus loved us so much that he gave his body for us and that he spilled his blood and he established, watch this, a new covenant and a better covenant based 
on better promises. Let me just remind some people before we receive this meal, this is also the meal that heals. Many times while we receive communion, I have seen people literally be physically healed receiving communion. And I believe the Holy Spirit is in this place to heal you spiritually, physically, emotionally, every part of your life, He wants it to be whole. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You can take the bread. same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes you can take the cup Take, take a few seconds there and in your own way, just give God some praise and thank him for his goodness. Father, we just thank you for your death on the cross for us. Today we receive your sacrifice, the gift of forgiveness and life. You are so good to us, Lord. Today, we are also lighting candles because we are stepping out of stuck. In this moment, the Holy Spirit is in this room. I have sensed his tangible presence all morning. He's in this room and he wants to meet you in this Christmas season. And as we light candles today, we are, we're making a decision just like the man had to get up. I don't know who this is for, but somebody's got to grab hold. You, you got to tightly grab this word or you're going to spend another year exactly like this one. But we're lighting candles today with a purpose. Jesus, I'm getting up. I'm not going to be stuck. Whatever happened, regardless of why it happened, regardless of how much it hurt or how much I didn't understand or why it's gone the way it has. I am choosing to get up. No more victim mentality, no more excuses. What's in the past is the past. God, I'm ready to embrace the new. As I light my candle, this one little flame is getting ready to change this entire room. This little light is going to light every single candle in this room from this one candle every candle will receive light this dark room is about to become the most beautiful room of the year 
I want us to allow this moment to be a picture of what God wants to do on the inside of you. And before I light my candle and invite the staff up and they're gonna help me disperse and light the candles, I wanna pray over this moment. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for your presence in this room. And God, as I light my candle this morning, I am making a decision to step out of stuck. I am making a decision to move forward into everything you have for me. God, I pray over this amazing congregation that they will also light their candles with a purpose. I pray that they will also step out of stuck and by the power of the Holy Spirit, that limitation is broken. Boundaries are enlarged. And we thank you that because of Jesus, we can live a life beyond measure, a life without limits, a life without boundaries. I pray over every marriage that has become stale and stuck, that today they are stepping out of stuck. I pray for those that are stuck in their health or finances, God. We pray, God, that those limitations be removed. We release healing over this house. God, for every demonic stronghold that has people limited in their mind, limited in their joy, and limited in their peace, I take authority over it in the name of Jesus, and I speak freedom over this house and over every single individual. God, we declare it, we decree it in the name of Jesus, and we know that it will be established. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.